This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Morning, church. Are you well? Are you excited for this morning? I'm excited. Because we're starting with our new, brand new series, Leap Over the Wall. And, uh, you know, just, just the name Leap Over the Wall makes me very excited because I think that's what God wants us to do. And just hearing to the testimonies today, people going out to Mozambique, hearing about the word that God brings. I believe God is calling us from a hill into a new place. And God is calling you to leap over the wall. Can I pray for us? Lord Jesus, this morning, Lord, we want to leap over the wall as you're going to call us, Lord. Lord Jesus, you are a God that calls us out, Lord Jesus. Lord, and I just pray for open hearts to receive your call this morning, Lord Jesus. I pray against all fear that stands against your call, Lord Jesus. And I call everyone forth to the place that you want to take them. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Welcome, everyone. Also, just welcome to our online viewers Nice to have you with us, um, connecting with us this morning, and may God bless you as the word goes out this morning. Amen. But, you know, and I, um, a few, few years ago, I started off my life working at the municipality as a health inspector and also as a building inspector. And uh, I remember this one day, I went out to visit a few businesses and do some inspections. And it wasn't a big town. I, I knew most of the people. And uh, I came to this one shop that had a, like a, 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 a supermarket and a bottle store. And uh, when I went in, I saw the owner. And because I know the owner, I started to talk to the owner and have a uh, conversation with the owner. And uh, then the owner asked me, he said, did you just see the guy that passed you on his way out when you came in? And I said, yeah, I know my, I caught him, but I didn't really notice, you know, but, but I, did, I did catch him. He said, this guy, every morning, this guy comes in and he walks from a farm, I don't know how far it's far, to buy a bottle of liquor for the farmer. Every morning he comes in and something just happened in my heart. I said, Lord Jesus, can this, can this be Lord Jesus? That you can send someone to walk kilometers to buy something, alcohol, and come back and do that day after day. Lord, this is not right. Something is, is not right yet. And even though I were in my workplace working, um, I, I said to the owner, listen, do you know where this guy lives? I, I need to go there. I want to I see this guy. And he said, yeah, I know where he lives. And he showed, showed me direction, and I drive on the farm roads, and I came to the farm, and there this guy sat in the farmhouse. I introduced myself, and we started to talk, and I just asked his story, and he started telling me his story. He lost his wife, he lost his family, he's losing his business, he's losing everything, and he's, he, he, he just fell into this addiction. And you know, it, I really had a heart for him, and I started to, to just tell him about Jesus, and how Jesus loves him. And you know, that very day, this man gave his life to Christ there in the sitting room. But I knew I couldn't leave him. So I journeyed with him, and two weeks later, he went to a, a rehabilitation center. He came back, and uh, 
went up and down, up and down. But friends, can I say to you, he lives 60 kilometers from you. And, 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 and years, years later, I think it was 20 years later, I got this call. And it was Henny. And Henny said, Murdoch, God has restored me. I'm married again. I'm happy. We have children. I've got my own business because he was good with his hands. I said, praise the Lord. Jesus is a God of miracles. God is the one that wants to call us into his goodness. Friends, Jesus did the same. Jesus came to live among his people. Jesus came to establish the church. But not only to establish the church, he also came to be the church. See, friends, almost all God's miracles, almost all the miracles he did, happened in the marketplace. There where people work, where people do business, buy stuff, and there where people move around. That's where Jesus were. He was amongst the people. I want to say to you, every single one of us, on one or another way, my friends, the marketplace ministry where you are is as important. It's not second-rated. It's as important as the ministry that God has given someone here. Because so I want to say to you, it's there in the marketplace where the lost move around, where the broken, where those that's hurt move around. And that's where you and I, we seek and save the lost. And then here is where they get discipled. I'm going to read to you there in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. Therefore, you are ambassador for Christ. God making His appeal through you. Friends, we are ambassadors for Christ in the marketplace. Jesus came to, to earth, did His ministry for three and a half years, went back to the God His Father, and now we are His ambassadors to do the same that He did on earth. Because Jesus wants to be between His people. And He does it through you and me. Matthew 6, 33. But let me say this. I believe God strategically wants to place each one of you in a specific place. And you might have asked the question, Lord, why am I here? I want to say to you, you are not there by mistake. You are there because there's someone it needs Jesus. And God strategically places you there, friends. And that's why I want to talk about God wants to call you out. So that you can make a difference there where you are. I want to read to you in Matthew 6.33. Because you know what? You can think, Lord Jesus, what can I do? Lord, I can't even pray loud. Lord, I don't know the Bible. I haven't studied a theology, Lord. I, I'm just a simple person, Lord. I, do, I don't know if I can, can, can do this, Lord. Matthew 6.33 But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all those things will be added to you. Friends, in Matthew 6, they talk about, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about things. God will provide those things. And we can add whatever you want in Matthew 6. Don't worry about your finances, your marriage. Don't worry about 
being a light for someone. Don't worry about praying for someone. Don't worry about giving the word to someone. But seek first the, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God says, then I will add those things. But what do we do? We want to add. We want to do God's work. And then we get tired and give up. Because we're doing God's part. God said, I will add. You must seek my kingdom and my righteousness. Righteousness means repentance. To come in right standing with Christ and then do what is right. Kingdom it comes from the word basileia. That means to take up your authority to rule and to reign. God says, give your life to me. Be righteous. Come in right standing with me. And then you take your authority up and you rule. And when you rule, I will add what you need. Isn't that amazing, friends? Can I? Can I show you how important this is to God? You know, God says there in Romans 5.10, And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. You see, God wants you to be a kingdom and a priest to reign for Him. Can I, let me show you how important this is. In Matthew 3 verse 2, here's John the first, the very first words that we read that John says, his first words is, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Righteousness, because your authority is here. Then in Matthew 4, 17, the very first words that we read that Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus sent his disciples out the first time, the first thing he told them to do is Matthew 10, 7. Tell the people the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wow, friends. It's the first thing that John the Baptist said. His first words. I think that's important. It's the very first words that Jesus says. He, I, I think he wants to, you know, if, the, if, you, if, you, if you take over a company, your first words sets the bar. <laughs> Am I right? People hear your first words because first impression is the first thing that John said. It's the first thing that Jesus said. And God said, disciples, this must be the first thing that you tell the people. Tell them to repent because the kingdom of heaven is here. Tell them to take their righteousness and take up their authority and rule with what I have given them. Friends, when you accept Jesus, there's an authority that you receive. As a king receives an authority when he's appointed and anointed to rule a country. God gives you an authority, a mandate to be an ambassador for him. Because God wants to work through mankind. Friends, you, you need to catch this because there's a weight. There's a weight here that, that you need to catch. There's a weight here that you need to see. We are not just here to make money and to go through life and, and have children. Friends, there's a, there's a weight why God has called you for a time such as this to carry. There's something that we need to do other than the physical in this world. There's a spiritual calling. And I want to tell to you, King Solomon... 
He had everything in this world. They say that silver were like stones, so much silver were there. But I'm telling you today, Solomon is in heaven and, and everything that he had is gone. Every single piece of silver is, is not there anymore. But he, today, today, as we stand here, Solomon is living with everything that he sowed into the kingdom, into eternity. Friends, God is calling you for something greater than just accumulating physical stuff on this earth. God wants us to accumulate a treasure in heaven. And our treasure in heaven is people and the Father. God is calling us for people because that's where he heart, His heart lies. is for people. Can I show you this? This is amazing. And I, 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 I'm, I'm sure you heard this, but for those that haven't heard this, this is amazing. And if you're online, you need to catch this. This is amazing. Genesis 2 verse 5, it says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field has yet sprung up. And, and I read that and I said, but, but there's no bushes, no plants, nothing came up. But there's seed. There's a lot of seed, but it's not growing. And I said, Lord, I can see the potential, Lord. I can see the potential of this world, the people. In this world, I can see that there's something in them, Lord. There's a seed that they were born with, Lord. I, I see seeds, but, but it's not growing. There's no plants. There's no bushes. And I'm saying, Lord, why? Why is it not growing? And it says there, for the Lord God has not caused it to rain on the land. That's amazing, friend. God has a blessing that He wants to open up the heavens because rain is blessing. In Malachi 3.10, it also says, because God wants to rain down on that seed so that that seed can become a blessing. God wants to open up the heavens. And I said, Lord Jesus, but why is the heavens not opening up, Lord? Why is it not raining? There's seeds, Lord Jesus. And they need seeds, but why is it not raining, Lord? Listen to this, friends. It just pulls. Listen to this. Because Genesis 2 verse 5 says, There was no man to work the ground. Isn't that amazing? Lord, there's seeds, but it's not raining. Why, Lord? Because there's no man to work the ground. Friends, Jesus needs you. There in your workplace where you are, there's seeds. See the seeds, friends. God is burning to open up the heavens and rain on that seed, but He needs you to ignite it. He needs you to open up the blessing so that it can start to grow around you. And there where you work and there where you are. God is calling you, friends. <laughs> can I, can, can. But what, Lord? How do we do this, Lord? What do I need to do, Lord? Give me something, Lord. You know, I, I'm a practical guy. I want to know the five steps. <laughs> How do we do this, Lord? This is amazing. I want to show it to you. And friends, can I say this? Your workplace or there where you are might look different than the next person. You might be a student. Maybe, maybe you're a mother. Maybe you're a pensioner. Maybe you're working for someone. Maybe you've got a business. I don't know where you are, but there where you are, that's your workplace. Whatever you do, that's your place. 
where God wants it to grow. And maybe you're the only one there, friends, that can ignite and open it up. There's a weight that we carry. I don't want to burn you out. This is good news, friends. Because <laughs> we've got 300 people here that can open up the heavens. If we get this, this is amazing. But, but Lord, Lord, I want to do it your way, Lord. Show me, Lord, what do you do? Let me read to you. Psalm 89, verse 11. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. Everything is God's. Am I right? The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. So God is the head of everything. So there's something that God rules and reigns over. Am I right? So obviously, God is going to show us how He does it. That's amazing. So let's learn from God. Psalm 89 verse 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness goes before you. Friends, what is a foundation? Foundation is something that we, that we lay down, that we built first, and then everything else that of that house is being built on that foundation. Am I right? Look what is God's foundation being built off. Righteousness and justice. He says, God says, this is the foundation of my very throne on which I sit, from where I rule. God's throne is built on righteousness and justice. Wow. Friends, and then he says, steadfast love and faithfulness goes before me. If you have godly righteousness, you will receive the love of the Father. Because righteousness says, Lord, I need what you have. I need you, Lord. Righteous, I want to come in right standing with you, Lord Jesus. That's what it says, am I right? And then when I come in right standing with Jesus, I receive the love of Christ. And then the love of Christ starts to flow out of me to this world. And if you've got godly righteousness and godly justice, love is going to flow. But how does the world's justice look? I will burn you. I will beat you if you wrong me. I will take from you. That's, I will justice. You must pay. Amen. God's justice is love. I will love you because of who you are. Not for what you've done. I will give you justice. Because I, inside of you, I see the likeness of Jesus. Jesus has created you. You are his son and his daughter, maybe now orphan. But I will love the son who God wants you to be. That's justice, friends. That's justice. Psalm 33, 5. The love, he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. So what's, what's God saying to us, to you and me? This is how God does it. This is God's heart. But where do we come into the picture here? Let me read to you. It's amazing. Jeremiah 6.16 Thus says the Lord, the Lord who sits on this throne, of which just, righteousness and justice is the foundation, that God is saying, Thus says the Lord, 
stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient past where the good way is and walk in that way and you'll find rest for your soul. God says, listen, do you want to know how to do this? Just find those ancient paths. Just find out what that is. Walk in that and you will find rest in that. Now, now, now what is that, Lord? What is that ancient past? I want to show you in Genesis 18. God has given Abraham promises. He said, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to make, give you a bright family like the stars in the heaven, the sand on our beaches. You're going to become great. He gave him a promise. And then one day, Abraham became very old. His wife was old. They were almost at a place where, where Lord, can this still happen? And then three men came to them and said, listen, today, a year from now, you will have a son. You'll have that son. And they laughed about it. But look what the men said to them. Genesis 18, verse 19. For I have chosen him, Abraham. These three men, who, who, if you go read it, it says, Lord, I... So, so it, I don't know, is it angels? Is it the Lord himself? But this is from heaven, where thou speaking from, to Abraham and his wife. And, and they say, For I have chosen him, Abraham, that he may command his children and his household after him. That includes you and me. Because when you accept Jesus, you are born into the spiritual generation of Abraham. Am I right? So this includes you and me. <clears throat> that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. Search the way, the ancient way. Walk in it and you'll have rest for your soul. He says... Uh, 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 that he may command his children and his household offer him, that they may keep the way of the Lord. What's the way of the Lord? By doing righteousness and justice. Isn't that amazing? So that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. What did he promise him? He says, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. If you bring that good news, righteousness and justice to this world, what happens to someone? They are blessed. Their life changes. Peace, joy of the Lord, the love comes into their lives. They see things differently. They become a blessing. Am I right? They are blessed. They receive that blessing. Friends, God wants you to be righteous and just. Now, I just quickly want to explain this because I want to go into the life of David because that's what our, our series is about. But righteousness you can see as the vertical beam of the cross. It, it points upwards. It's towards God. Righteousness is saying, Jesus, you are the only God that died for me on the cross, Lord Jesus. And I'm a sinner, Lord. I come to the cross, to that upright cross that chose to you, Lord Jesus, because I need you, Lord, into my life, Lord. I need you. I need to repent. And I need to become righteous. Friends, you cannot work for righteousness. You receive righteousness through faith. And you become righteous in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? When you come to the cross and you lay yourself down, you surrender yourself, you become the righteousness of Christ. And then you've got the horizontal, horizontal beam, justice, towards this world, towards people. And when you receive the righteousness of Christ, the love of God comes into you. And then something grows in you, a passion, a hunger to be just to this world. Because that's what God is calling us to. And then it's going to be through the love of Christ that I can be just. 
to this world, to people working for me, to my boss, to family, to whoever. I can operate from out of that place. Isn't that amazing, friends? Justice. What is justice? Isaiah 61, verse two, 1 to 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. <coughs> Don't have some water here. <coughs> Sorry, man. <coughs> Just take a, my uh, um, <coughs> throat is dry. Because the Lord has anointed me. Ah, thank you very much. Just take a sip. Sup, now we're good for another hour. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> you know, eternity is a long time. We can just as well preach. <laughs> Use it in a good way. <laughs> Isaiah 61, 1-2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isn't that amazing, friends? That's justice. To bring justice to the poor, to the broken, to, to, to the people that needs it. And, and godly justice, friends. I want to say to you, how do we do this? And just quickly run, just through David, the life of David, because, you know, David had a physical job on a hill as a king, but there's a spiritual job that God is also calling us into, and, 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 uh, and God will always call you into something, and then He'll call you higher, and higher, and higher. It's not going to end, friends. Don't ever think you've arrived. <laughs> God is always calling you to something new, to the next level as you grow, and, and, uh, um, you know, when, when I first, some years ago, thought of David in his early days as a boy on a hill, I always thought, ah, you know what, this is a, a young boy. Um, he was probably between 12 uh, and 15 um, there on the hill. And for me, between 12 and 15, when I had boys, you, you're still a boy. Now, I don't know these days if I would send my my son into the mountains when he's 13 years old, being there alone with a sheep. I, 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 you know, if I don't do it, my wife will definitely not do it. <laughs> you, know, you can't send my boy, he's only 13. <laughs> you know, but here's a boy that got, that, 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 that's, that's on, a, on a hill. But let me show you how the people around David saw him. Because in 1 Samuel 16, 18, there's the king. The king is restless. He's got a spirit that's that's taunting him, and uh, the king desperately needs some joy in his life. And, and then someone comes and says, but king, can't we get someone that plays the harp for you? And the king says, yes, yes, uh, where can we find someone like this? And verse 18 says, one of the young men answered him, behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Friends, they said this of David while he was still with the sheep on the hill. <laughs> Can I prove this to you? Because just the next verse, verse 19, it says, Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse, David's father, and to say, Send me David your son, who is with the sheep. <laughs> Hi, friends. Well, even God, when God looked at David, he said, he's a man after my own heart. 
He didn't say a boy or a child. He said a man after my own. Because God put something inside of you. If you don't feel ready, friends, if you still feel you're sitting on a hill and you've got much more to give, but you're on a hill, I'm saying to you, God is calling something out of you that He has placed there. Maybe you don't see it yet, but God the Father sees it. He sees a man. He sees something potential in your life, and God is keep on calling that. Come on, I'm calling that. David, I'm calling that. I want to call that out of you. That's who I see who you are. That's what I see what you have. Not what the world sees a boy. Like I saw. But God says, I see something. Friends, can I say to you today, every single one sitting here, and if you feel excluded, don't, because it's you as well. God sees something in you. And I'm saying to you, today, God is calling it out of you. You see, David stood out. He had something to offer. He had potential. But then why? Why is he still on a hill? If he's got so much to give. Friends, maybe you feeling, Lord, I'm sitting on a hill. I've got so much to give, Lord. But it's feeling like I'm sitting on a hill. I'd always tell my boys, yes, I know you've got much more potential. But sometimes there's a season in your life when you need to be on the hill. Don't miss the hill because you can miss your destiny. Because on the hill, God wants to do something, build something, and teach you lessons that set you up for your calling. The hill is also important, friends. It's also a place where we need to gear ourselves for the opportunity. Don't sit and do nothing. Prepare yourself for the opportunity. Because, friends, I've learned in life, I'm 50, so I did walk, climb some mountain. And I've learned in life that many times opportunity comes randomly. And you can only take that opportunity if you are ready for that opportunity, to embrace it. I always speak to entrepreneurs. I say, don't look for the opportunity, gear for the opportunity. Because when the opportunity comes, if you can't do it, someone else will do it. Gear yourself for the opportunity. You don't have to look for it. If you're an entrepreneur, it's going to come naturally. Just one day, boom, there's an opportunity. And are you ready to embrace ministry, friends? Are you ready? I, I, I almost said I promise, but, but it's close enough. God is going to send you ministry moments. Are you ready? Or are you going to say No. Because God wants to touch someone, and that someone is only with you on that day. Are you ready for that moment to embrace it when God calls the man out of you? Um, Luke 16.10 One who is uh, faithful in the very little is also faithful in much. 1 Samuel 16.1, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? Friends, can I say, stop grieving about the things that you did not do. Stop grieving about the mistakes that you've done. Stop grieving about the things that you should have done and you did not do it. Stop grieving about, it's past, friends. But if you want to go to the past, go to the moments when you killed the lions and the bears. Go to those moments. Because those moments are going to carry you through. 
Those moments are going to strengthen you and give you boldness. If you focus on those moments, don't focus on the mistakes. Leave the saw. The chapter is finished. There's a new chapter. Leave the saw. Get the Davids that kill the lions that wants to come up. Get those moments. Look, find those moments in your life that can make you positive. What did David do? How did he gear himself? How did he ready himself for the opportunities? He started to play a harp. Friends, worship while you're on the hill. Give God glory for where you are. Thank you, Jesus, for the moments when I were on the hill, Lord Jesus. When you came into my life, when you prepared me, Lord, when you taught me things. Thank you for those moments, Jesus, where you set me up for my destiny. Friends, David played the harp and I, I don't even, he didn't even realize. Friends, sometimes you do things on the hill, you don't know what God wants to do with that. Saul needed someone and this opened him up to be in the presence of the very king. Become the armor bearer of the king. Friends, what, what you do on the hill, don't put it aside. Do it, friends. You don't know what God wants to do with that ability and that gift of yours. Don't waste. Don't leave your gift, friends. Pursue that. David played with the sling up to such a point that he could kill a lion and a bear. Friends, fight the battle of the hill. Don't run away from the hill. Don't give up, friends. Because you're not where you think you should be. God's timing is different. He's preparing you for something great, friends. If you're going to walk into that prematurely, you're going to get hurt and hurt people. You need to, to, to wait, friends. Prepare, play the harp, friends. Play with the sling. Go to a small group. Read your Bible. Pray for, do what's at hand while you're on the hill. Let God build you up. Get part of a discipleship. You can talk to Mally. He's got an amazing two-year discipleship program. Learn to set yourself up for the opportunity so that when opportunity comes, you can embrace that opportunity, friends. There's this one uh, uh, lady. We also rent some properties, and I've got a flat, and she stayed in this flat. She couldn't pay me. Her husband beat her. She didn't have anything because she was dependent on him. He left them sitting with her son. They've got nothing, no food, nothing. And I said, listen, I, I, I see the situation. I understand you cannot pay rent. Well, and then I helped them, we put them to, I drove them to Valcom, put them on a bus, sent them to a missionary where they could stay for three months and get, get revived and get strengthened and just get, get their focus and stuff right. And that, that, that woman had a battle to fight. She could give up, but she said, I have a son. I just cannot give up. I need to, I need to fight this fight on the hill for my son. Friends, about a year ago, I get a WhatsApp from this woman. It's all also about 10 years or, uh, later. We are in Zim. Just want to say thank you. My son is baptized. We serve the Lord. We are doing well. We are established again. God is good for us. Because she saw, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I travel to Zim two, three times a year because I love the people. I love the nation. I go in there and she saw something on Facebook. <laughs> that, that when I were there. And then she, she got hold of me and replied. And isn't that story amazing, friends? Don't give up on the hill. Your battle, Mally says this, your battle becomes someone else's victory. Her battle for her son became his victory. Right? He could have gone another way. Drugs, alcohol, lost. But his mother fought for him. 
her battle became his victory. Friends, if you're on the hill, don't give up. Your battle is someone else's victory. One Samuel, I'm going to start landing. One Samuel 16:1. Fill your horn with oil, Samuel, and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a, 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 a king amongst his sons. Can you see God is sending him to David's father? Go to Jesse. And when he went to Jesse, he took the elders with. Friends, we need to honor people around us. We need to honor people that's above us, that's around us, while we're on the hill. Honor people. And I think there was a culture of honor, honor that was established because one day David stood in a cave and he had the uh, uh, opportunity to king, kill King Saul because Saul wanted to kill him. And he said, I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. There was a culture of honor in his heart. And 1 Samuel 16, 1 also says, God says to Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go. Friends, I want to say to you, while you're on the hill, God is moving. While David was on the hill, God was talking to Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go. While you're on the hill, God is starting to prepare your calling, your destiny. And you don't even, that's why you cannot give up when you're on the hill because God is starting to put something in place for you where you need to step into. And then Samuel came and he saw the seven brothers and then he said, he's not one of these. And look what Samuel said to Jesse. He, he, he said to him, um, where, where am I now? He said, and, uh, verse 11, and Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him. Friends, God will send for you. If you're on the hill, God is going to send for you. To step off that place into your destiny, into your calling, into what God has prepared for you. And I want to end with this. Something significant happened there. 1 Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of of his brothers. Friends, if God calls you, he will anoint you. He will equip you, he will prepare you, and he will be with you. Now, you know, when I stand up in the winter, what do I do? I put on a jacket. And that's like anointing. Does the jacket change the weather? No, it doesn't. It changes me in the weather. God wants to anoint you for whatever He has called you. God is changing you, friends, to be in that circumstances, to be in that place, even if it's cold, even if things happen around you, even if you don't understand everything, even if things don't always change like it should change. God anoints you, prepares you, changes you, equips you to be in that place for Him. Anointing helps you to see, to see things, to approach things, and to rise above things. Anointing gives you the courage to stand strong, to fight your battles, to endure, to run the full race until you get the prize. Friends, 
I want the prize. I don't want to fall out because of circumstances that overwhelm me. I want to be anchored in Christ. I want to pray for you, friends. Maybe there where you sit, can you just open up your, your heart? Because I, I believe God has been speaking to us. Lord Jesus, thank you for just a peace to come over us now, Lord Jesus. Just a peace to know where we are, that you are with us, Lord. We are not alone, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you equip us. Thank you that you don't forget us. Thank you that you are busy preparing for us. Thank you that you sent for us. Thank you, Lord, that you call the man out of us. Lord, and I want to recognize that in myself, Lord Jesus. Because sometimes I, I don't believe that I am that. But Lord, I want to take it by faith, not by sight. Jesus, anoint me, Lord. I receive your anointing, Jesus, to step into a place of authority where I must rule and reign for you, Jesus, for you, Lord, to please you, to worship you, to give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord, for anointing to come upon us now like a blanket, Lord. We receive it by faith, Lord. We receive your anointing that we are good enough. We are worthy be kings for you, Lord. Step into your destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.